Hi, everybody. I'm Deacon Dave, and welcome to Grace and Suffering, a Lenten Journey. So we are on to day five, which means it is Sunday of the first week of Lent. And so excited to be with you. We have a very interesting title today. It is called The Beam. AJ is going to flesh out for us exactly what that means. <laughs> so I, I found this book that I just thought was a fabulous book by Jeff Cavins uh, called When You Suffer. And in this book, he had a scenario that he presented. He said, um, if you have a beam that let's say is one foot wide and one foot tall and about 25 feet long, and you place it on the ground and you offered someone $100 to walk across that beam, I think most of us would go, I'll take that, I'll walk across it. Then he says, okay, what if you take that beam and place it two stories high and offer $1,000 for someone to walk across it? A few, more, a few less people would take you up on that particular offer. Mm -hmm. And then he says, okay, now let's put that beam in between um, going across two skyscrapers. So now you're way up in the air and you offer someone a million dollars to walk across it. Not many people would be likely to cross the beam in that scenario. And, but then he says, what if someone you love is on the other side of that beam? Would you walk across it? And a lot more people would be willing to go across that beam if it meant saving someone that they love. Hmm. I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then he says, a lot of us are willing to die quickly for someone we love, meaning you slip off the beam, doesn't take too long, you die. How many of us would be willing to die slowly mm. for someone else? Mm. And that just raised so many questions in my head. Number one, my thought was, that's really what Jesus did for us, is he mm. died slowly um, for us, even in our own sin, unworthy of that. But it also just raises questions about fear, faith, trust, um, sacrifice, motivation. So I'm just going to throw it over to Deacon Dave and see what responses you have to that particular scenario. I think the first thing is is that I was thinking of this um, graph where the level of pain that you experience in and of itself increases the amount of time that it feels like you're going through suffering, right? So if it's like excruciating pain, like you said Jesus was experiencing, that six hours probably felt like... I don't know, six years. I mean, it got yeah, just just an incredible amount of pain to suffer like that. And and I immediately thought about a lady named Norma uh, when you were giving this, and um, she suffered over a number of years. And I often saw the crucified Lord in her when I would go to visit her um, in the hospital. But the grace with which she handled her suffering was very very beautiful. And uh, I think uh, to be able to witness her journey and how she lived out her suffering um, with joy uh, was really quite beautiful. I think when we have, I think dying a slow, painful death is, I don't know, like it's one of my biggest fears. And like even like dying alone, like, so I think that when we're going through something it may be a short period of time but sometimes like you were um saying about uh, how uh those time that um time that jesus was in such pain it probably felt so long and a lot of times i think it's easy to turn inward in a negative way like and just lose all the trust that we have in Jesus when we're going through a long suffering trial. I think that might be like the natural, the first like immediate reaction. 
But if we just remember like Jesus on the uh, cross and taking the slow, agonizing breaths and his lungs just filling with blood and just unite that with whatever we're going through, that that can give us the strength to kind of fall out, like to kind of climb out of that abyss that we might be uh, finding ourselves in and to kind of seek the light of his face uh, during these things. But I think it would be like really hard, but we just have to keep our eyes focused on now, you, seven years of ALS with Jeff, I mean, you can probably speak to this better than any of us can. It's funny. <clears throat> well, when Jeff was first diagnosed, there weren't, and there still aren't, any um, cures for ALS. Western med- medicine really doesn't offer a lot of um, solutions and scenarios and, you know, cases where someone would be cured from ALS. And, uh, and so we started looking into sort of holistic, you know, there's, you can find anything, any cure for anything on the internet, um, and people will take all kinds of money from you in order to, you know, give you this cure. And I remember saying to Jeff that if, if we could find something that would heal him, I would be willing to sell everything we owned and live in a cardboard box, if that meant I could be with him. And I was willing to, you know, make any sacrifice possible in order to, to try to save him. Now. It never reached a point where I had to truly make that decision, and I'm not sure how long I could have lived in that cardboard box, Um, but it does make you think about um, motivation and sacrifice. Um, You know, I truly would have done anything for Jeff, not just to cure him, because interestingly enough, after several years into um, the the disease, he said that if if a cure was discovered, he wouldn't want it because he was Mm -hmm. on a journey and he wanted to see that journey through to the end. And I feel like he had been having conversations with God um, from the very, you know, from day one of his diagnosis and that he and God were really working out what it was that that, that particular um, suffering of his was going to be used for. And he didn't think that a, a, a cure was going to be in it for him. Um, I argued with him a little bit on that. Like, okay, well, if God did cure you, you would, your journey would change. Your, um, you know, your meaning would be a little bit different. Um, but I respected his his um, conviction in that and his desire to see that journey through. Um, and so my shifting, I shifted my focus from wanting to find a way to cure him to wanting to provide him a life that would allow him to have as much joy and comfort as possible um, for however long that journey would last. Um, and then, I, and I would love to be able to do what Jesus did and say I could do that for anybody, because um, that's really what Jesus did. He, he loves every single one of us um, and knows us intimately. Um, so when you talk about sacrifice, AJ, you, right, in caring for Jeff, sacrificed everything 24-7, right? It was a complete sacrifice of whatever you were currently doing in your life for um, just taking care of him. And it made me think also of um, Mary. Again, Mary, if you, there's a stations of the cross from Mary's perspective. And she often says in that perspective, it had to be this way. So she just cried, walked, sat, stood silently. And so often as a caregiver, you did exactly the same thing. And even that's what Jeff said. He knew this had to be. Right. right? That's a powerful, powerful statement that he made. And it's not giving up. It's not losing hope. I didn't hear any of that in what you described. What I heard was just this powerful conviction in who Jesus Christ is in his life. And that's where Jeff is right now. He's with Jesus, right? But the sacrifice, there's a lot embedded in what I just said, but 
the sacrifice that you made. Um, and, and if you're caregiving for someone and you're making a sacrifice, it's suffering. Okay, make no mistake about it. God wants you to unite that sacrifice with his as well. Absolutely. And I was just going to say, you know, the, the daily um, routine of helping Jeff to get a shower was not something I look forward to every day, but it did provide me an opportunity, um, both of us an opportunity to offer that up um, for someone and to say, okay, there's nothing we can do about this situation, but let me do this for Jeff and let God use it in any way that he can for others. Let me ask you a question. Could you have done this for seven years for Jeff without Jesus? No. <laughs> Don't right. even have to think about that. As a matter of fact, it, um, I, I realized um, very quickly into um, our time with ALS when I couldn't leave Jeff that I needed to get somebody to come and stay with him so that I could go to Mass every week um, because you can be with Jesus anywhere um, and I don't, and I know that I fully didn't fully understand why at the time, and I'm still learning why. But there was a need for me to be um, at the mass, um, celebrating the mass, uh, to get through that. Very interesting point here that I want to share with everybody. Um, so, in AJ's outpouring of charity to her husband Jeff through caring for him, okay, she needed to be fed by the Lord. And St. Mother Teresa said to a priest one time that the Lord always um, deferred to prayer and time with God over charity. And so this idea that we can service other people and especially take care of our dying spouse without having a strong relationship with God is just not going to happen. So thanks be to God that you have that and had that. And, Amen. and you were able to um, get through that. And you'll see him again. Absolutely. No doubt about it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's, let's close in prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the gift of this ongoing podcast on suffering. Continue to reveal to us in our own lives uh, the ways that you want to bring meaning to our suffering. Lord, if we are now caring for someone else, give us the strength and the courage and the fortitude to continue on. Lord, help us to not dismiss um, our first vocation, which is to you, to spend time with you because you are the very source of our ability to care for those that we love. So Lord, please be with us. Keep us always on your heart and help us to keep you always on our heart. And I ask that you bless all listening and watching in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 See you next time. See you. Bye.